This is episode 12. In this episode, you'll meet Gloria and Paco, a couple that makes a living doing what they love while supporting their family. Gloria is a creator of the Siempre Viva dolls, and Paco is an artist. This is part one of their story. Please go to episode 13 to listen to part two. Enjoy! Hello, hello, bienvenidos. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate, a podcast with conversations of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. Join me to hear stories from entrepreneurs of different cultures and identities. I believe consumers want to support businesses and organizations that they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. I know it does for me. Also, my daughter will join me once a month to talk about the kid entrepreneur perspective. So subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello, hello everyone. Thank you for listening today. And I'm super duper duper excited today because I have two very special guests, actually a whole family of guests today (laughs) in my home. Um, I have Gloria and Paco. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure, I guess I'll go first. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'll happy, go first. Happy life. <laughs> I'm Gloria Toscano and I am a doll maker and I'm from Siempre Viva. And I am Paco Garcia and I am an artist. Okay. So we're going to start off with an icebreaker just to get to know both of you better. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you'll get to know each other better too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your favorite food? I love pozole. Yeah, what yeah. kind? Red, I like the green. I like the green one a lot. I like the red one without meat. The red one without meat. Okay. Yeah, just no meat. Like you could cook it with meat. I just won't eat the meat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if we're gonna stay on that level, then I'll have to go with the mole. Oh yeah. She's the pozole person. Yeah. I'm the mole person. What kind of mole? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, well, the answer is any one that my mom makes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't make mole. <laughs> Okay, what color is the mole that your mom makes? Brown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. they have different... So I, yeah. the, the reason why I ask that is because my whole life, my grandma, my grandmas, they both made like the this like reddish, oh, darkish reddish yeah. mm-hmm. mole. Mm-hmm. But I went to Oaxaca when I was in college. I was there for like four months. I, I did an internship there. Mm-hmm. And I tasted um, mole negro. Mole rojo, mm-hmm. mole verde, amarillo, mm-hmm. and this other one called pipián. I tasted like five or six different we types make of mole. That's the one. Pipián. Yeah, it's like a little sweeter, right? And it's like, um, like almost like orangey kind. It's like a brownish, like reddish. Brownish, reddish. Yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. I guess maybe in Michoacán it's different. It's kind of. It's brownish. Oh, okay. And it's not like the spicy, spicy one. It's mm. more like a, like a little bit of a sweeter. Kind of mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Now you said that level. Was there a different level of favorite food? What <laughs> What do you mean? Okay, oh, she went straight to the Mexican food, so I'm like, okay, that's. I was gonna say like pizza. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that could be your favorite you know, food too. Oh, uh, you're talking like favorite American food, like not Mexican. No, no she just went general. Um, yeah, in general. Is your favorite food pizza? I I love pizza. Yeah. What kind of pizza? Um, 
Preferably uh, pineapple, like Hawaiian, pepperoni pineapple. Actually, no, not Hawaiian, just pepperoni, but with, with pineapple on it. Because I've Hawaiian... never heard of that, but really? that reminds me of al pastor. Have you ever had al pastor with yes. pineapple? So good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, okay. Oh. Now I'm thinking about al pastor on pizza. <laughs> okay, <laughs> anyway. Let's... I bet that's a thing. Okay, so let's see, not whole... think about food right now. I was going to say, it's a whole podcast in itself because I, I haven't gotten to Chinese food yet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because so you have a favorite food in every single food category. I tell you, like, oh, China. Oh. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. No. <laughs> What's your favorite color? In only one level of color. <laughs> well, you're, you're an artist, so this might be, you might have different levels. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, red's good. Red's very, any, anytime you put anything out there on a palette or whatever, that red pops. And red changes the tone and lots of stuff, so it's it's very vibrant. I like that a lot. My favorite color is green, but like for making dolls and stuff and like my business stuff, I always like to use pink. I don't know why, but I always like gravitate towards pink. But my favorite is green. What's the most recent book you've read? Um, I read this circus book. I forgot what it's called, but I'm like obsessed with old time circuses. I don't know, it's like, really random. Like, what is it called? The Ringling Brothers? Yes, like old-time Ringling Brothers. Like when the circus was invented? Yes, like when I it was like... What it was called. When it was like um, hmm. on trains and... Oh, Wait, like Dumbo? Did, like Dumbo, yeah. Like I'm obsessed read, with like, that. Did you read like Water for Elephants? I or, did. Is that the one you're talking about? No, or? that's not the last okay, one so I read. Yeah, I, I think it was called um, The Circus in Winter. Hmm. It's like totally random. But yeah, I love The Circus. Like, old-time circus. Oh, okay. When animals were in the circus. <laughs> so not PC, but <laughs> I love it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, a circus from Mexico that comes here I, every year with La Chilindrina. We go to the circus, Really? Too. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the tent. Okay. I, I yes. totally love in that. In the red and white tent. But that's yes. a different circus vibe. But yeah. I still love it. Huh. Okay. I do love it. <laughs> I'm not really attracted to <laughs> I, 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 it's not the clowns. I know everybody's like, oh, the your clowns. face is like, Ugh. It's she, she takes them to more of the like, your kids might be in danger. <laughs> Where's the line? It's right there. It, no, there's a different. Okay, like, so not like Cirque du Soleil circus? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. There's like a romantic side to this old timey circus that I really love. Like, you might almost die kind of romantic? <laughs> No, I don't Have know. you seen that one, that movie, Water for Elephants? It's Mm-mm. really good. No. Yeah. You may almost it's, die. Oh, it's a movie too? Oh, yeah. okay. No, no, I'll look it up. No. You may almost die. <laughs> but it's, it's really not, good. It's not like a musical or anything <laughs> no. like that. When she, she was begging me to take her to go see that, and when I took her, I was like, oh my God, this is going to suck for two hours or whatever. Oh, you're talking about the musical one? No, 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 no. I'm oh. talking about the Water for oh, Elephants. Okay. And the, the story, not only what the story is, but like how they show it on screen, it's like... That's what you go to movies for, to okay. kind of get lost in that little world for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, if it was like sure. a circus set in the 90s, it'd be one thing. But it was like, what, the 40s or yeah, it's like 30s the, yeah, or something like yeah. that? I like old-timey. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Different, right? <laughs> so what's the last song you listened to? Like, not like, oh, oh it was on know. the radio, like, you, that you purposely chose, I'm going to listen to this song. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I honestly listen to, like, 
don't really listen to that much music when I'm alone. I am obsessed with murder podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like my alone time. Like okay, not really circus music. and murder. All right. <laughs> yep. well, let me, hold on. I'm just going to move over there. No, just kidding. <laughs> and you notice she brought a giant bag, right? You don't, you don't want to know what's in there. <laughs> yeah. So like music, I'm not really... I mean, I do okay. listen to it, but not... No, that's cool. Yeah. Murder Podcast. What's your favorite one? What, what's the name? <laughs> um, so I like two. One is um, My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. That one is, like, super, really cool. And yeah, I my got, cousin like, everybody... listens to those podcasts, too. So I know about them, but I can't I got like them. I got him hooked on it. My mom hooked on it. <laughs> and, so, and then there's another one called um, Somebody Knew Something. And that one's really good too. Is it real life stories or are yes. they fiction? No, they're real. Oh, okay. they're real. So, but I had to take a little step back from the murder podcast because I started having murder dreams. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't even watch commercials of like uh, horror movies because oh. yeah, me, my kids, all of us, we get like my kids used to wake up with like night terrors. I mean, I get scared of scary kids. movies too. I'm really a scaredy cat, <clears> but <throat> for some reason, the real stuff. Doesn't scare me as much. Yeah, no, I, don't I can't know. even it's watch so that. Like the real life murder shows and stuff like that, and like I'm I obsessed. can't watch that. I'm obsessed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I wasn't ever worried about it until she got hooked on this show that was specifically <laughs> the women that would kill like their husbands or something like that. Like, I think it's like, like wives okay, that I'm kill. I'm like, no, you something. need to stop watching that because you're getting way too much info. I'm like, why are you watching that with a notepad and a pen? What the heck is that about? I, I just really She's recording I'll it. I'll be upstairs. I'm locking the door. I just really like like She's drawing on a map. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just like like true life kind of stories. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do too. Because they're the most relatable. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. What's the last song that you listen to? Um, right off the right off the top of my head, I could think of um, uh, Rodrigo and Gabriela. They're like a um, they're like a duo from Mexico. I don't. I'm not sure if they're brothers and sister or friends or whatever, but they used to have a, a um, like a, they used to play like thrash metal in Mexico, and then they kind of shifted to like more Spanish style flamenco guitar, but it's all their own music. They don't do like covers really, no words or anything, but it's it's nuts. So it's like if I'm painting or, or doing or even at uh, when I'm working at the shop or whatever, I love hearing that kind of stuff. But then it switches all over the place from that to like metal to rock to Spanish whatever. But that's the one I can think of because I was painting recently and I had a bunch of that that playing. Hmm. I like everything. Yeah, I listen to pretty much everything except for American country music. I that's kind of everybody's yeah. answer. Yeah. I don't really Me listen neither. to that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'll I, listen to banda and rancheras and mariachi with Mexican country music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <coughs> If you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? I have no idea. I know this is like a really common question, but I just, I don't know. It's not, yeah. No. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if I had to just think like right off the bat, I would probably say Cesar Chavez just because it's... I thought it, you were going to say Selena. No, no, <laughs> I no, swear I thought he was going to say Selena. That's the other podcast. <laughs> Who would you rather marry? Except that's yeah, that's next week. That 
I had this one poster. I still have it in my room ever since it was when my sister was in college. But I don't, I don't know how old I was when I when I got it. But I always knew about that's everything that was going on at the time, and always was really interested in it. And the biggest reason was because of how he did the things he did. Lots of people in history have done a whole bunch of stuff, but he does it more. He did it more like, more like peaceful and more like chilled and more like. There was an emphasis on don't start creating all this chaos or anything yeah. like that. It was a lot more like, if we if we veer off of this, we're gonna lose the message. Yeah, and lose he the held focus. on yeah. to that to the mm-hmm. end, you know, and and it was cool how like the that guy even had a giant poster of Martin Luther King in his office mm-hmm. because he followed his stuff. That example too, like mm-hmm. they all kind of were on the same page, whereas other people would be more into this person or that person because they're more. You know, this person being more militant. Maybe this person's more direct. Maybe this person's whatever. But his way was always really cool. Yeah, like we're gonna get this done because it's the right thing to do, and it's out right. of love right. and peace. Right. He's like, I'm representing all these people. I'm gonna represent the right way. So it was a lot more of a artistic representation of the beauty of the people and the cause, rather than like, if they don't hear what we have to say, then we're gonna force our yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Tell us something that only a handful of people know about you um, and that you're willing to share. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so um, we were just talking about this the other day because we saw a commercial on TV. I did not have Caesar salad until like a year ago. That's what you're Because that's like a really popular thing, right? I didn't have it until like a year ago. You know that that's ago. Mexican? It is. Do you right? know that Caesar salad really? was invented in Mexico? It's really? a, it's a Mexican dish. In Mexico. Well, I didn't have it until like a year ago. And a lot of people think that it's Italian, but it's not. It's actually a Mexican dish. And you know the the story of it and everything. Some guy named Cesar. Yeah, and what he, <laughs> he did. Really was. Yeah. So what he did is what? he was a he was a uh, and you say you love it. He he had to feed all these people uh-huh. right in the kitchen. He didn't have enough food, so he figured out. With all of these, like, technically scraps that are left over, mm-hmm. I'm going to mix a big old bowl of this stuff, whatever, and I'm going to serve it mm. and tell people it's something. And I'm, I'm, I might be a little bit off with the story, but that's pretty much what it was, and it came from that. Well, I didn't have it because it had sardines in it. Like, the dressing is made with sardines, and I was like, I'm not going to eat that. It has sardines. Yuck. And then I tasted it because my cousin is obsessed with Caesar salad. She's like, just taste it. So I tasted it, and I was like, oh, my God, where it's has good, this been right? all my life? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I used to work, like, one of my first jobs was in a cafe where, like, their specialty was Caesar salad. So we would make the Caesar salads, like, all day long. And I was like, nope, I'm not eating it. And I eat, I tasted it, and now I'm obsessed. I love it. I've been missing out all these years. <laughs> <laughs> So there, that's something people don't know about me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the world is now a better place. Because they know <laughs> that they can buy me a Caesar salad. And I'll eat it. <laughs> so, okay, what about you, Buckle? Probably that I play guitar. That, that, that's not something too many people know. Than like a handful of, like you said, my friends. My friends mainly because we, we will play... Um, we'll play guitar together or something like that but that's what three people three four people and then yeah. that, how that long actually, have you been playing um since i was what 
16 maybe 16 17 it had a ba- he was in a band when i met him it it was like a <laughs> and a garage band yeah we just had our own our own thing our own band he was in a, <laughs> so, he was in a we, band we played he one invited game. It was me a to his party. band practice <laughs> <laughs> so you were a groupie to, yeah. to woo my heart yeah <laughs> i guess it did then yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work it worked Okay, so now we're going to move into talking more about uh, cultural identity. So how do you self-identify? And then what does cultural identity mean to you? Um, I identify as Mexican. Um, I was born here. My parents were born here. um, But I've always just thought of myself as Mexican. um, And my parents were really like, you're Mexican-American. I'm like, Mexican. I think to them it was a really big deal to say like Mexican American, but to me I've just always been just Mexican. Um, and like I said, for my parents, <clears throat> it was a big deal to um, like for me to know that I was both Mexican and American. But I think like growing up, um, I always went to school where there was like a whole bunch of other Mexican kids and we were just we were just kids it wasn't such a big deal of like if you were Mexican or not like we just knew we were and the and the funny thing is my mom was born here and my grandparents were born here but I guess the time period that they were living in it was more of a like like you needed to know that you were American too so if you're growing up with a history of your grandparents trying to hide speaking Spanish or hiding that mm-hmm. you're Mexican, saying that you're American is a was a, a big, big deal, deal to yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, my grandma, like, I mean, she didn't want my mom to speak English, I mean, to speak Spanish, mm-hmm. and my, my grandma had blonde hair, she's like super huerita, um, she gave them American names, my mom's name is Susan, and my not Susana, not Susana. Mm-hmm. My uncle's name is Gary and David, and those are all really American names. Yeah. When, like, looking at them, they're clearly not, you know, like white kids. So it was really her intention to have them blend in and be like as American as they could. Whereas, like, to me, we're just Mexican, you know. Like, yeah. we wanted to learn Spanish, and we wanted to be, like, wearing, like, the gangster clothes, you know? Like, the little hair things, and the... Like, we wanted to look all, like, typical Mexican kids. Yeah, everybody wants to identify with mm-hmm. someone or feel like they belong mm-hmm. to a community. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's the... But that's... I'm Mexican. <laughs> and my kids are Mexican. <laughs> Yeah. So what are your kids' names? Emilia and Benicio. Mm-hmm. And we, like, purposely gave them really, really strong Mexican names. Yeah. I mean, my, my kids, too. Oh, So what does cultural identity mean to you? Like, what is that phrase? What does that mean? That's a really hard question. I mean, I feel like just... It just means, like, how do you feel? Like, what do you... What do you what's your... Um, Like, what group do you fit in with and where, like, what can you be proud to say you are? You know, like, 
you can belong to many different like subcultures I think like <clears throat> like yeah like I don't know how to explain it like there is I don't know how to explain it um so I, I really know, I really <laughs> no like I want to point out that there's not we don't get opportunities to talk about our identity to talk about our culture yeah and I think that's why it's difficult for people to answer yeah. these questions sometimes. Some people, it's easy. Some people, it's hard. But the more and more now that I'm talking to people, we just don't get enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, either you're told who you are and what you are, mm-hmm. or then at one point you decide, no, I'm not that, I'm this, I'm that. Mm-hmm. But like, how many times have you answered this question or how many times have you talked about this like, genuinely yeah. say oh I think this or I think that or this is how I feel or this is how I relate and I think that's why that's why it's the first question that I really ask because it's so important for for me it's important that everyone gets to talk about what is culture what is cultural identity what is your identity like I'm giving you the opportunity for you to decide right yeah like a positive self-identity so much so many times, like you, we just had a conversation about how your grandma formed her kids' identity mm-hmm. through historic, like a historical thing that affected her family. Mm-hmm. Like that identity was imposed on her, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I definitely feel like through our lifetime, we could be part of many different, like subcultures. Um, for example, like when. I mean, when we were, when I was younger, like, I was definitely in a different crowd of, like, of being Mexican. I was more, like, Mexican-American because I went to, like, the white high school, and I was one of two Mexicans at the school, you know? So I was definitely in a different type of Mexican culture there. I felt really different than I feel now, where I am now. And then, you know, later I was really into, like, a different type of Mexican culture where we'd go to, like, we'd go hang out at, like, all the banda events and go to, like, every single, like, Mexican event we could. So it was definitely different then. And then when we were younger, before we had babies, we were really into, like, the lowrider culture and he had, like, the car with with the tires and the bikes and we'd be at those events and I think like throughout your life you can experience being part of your culture in so many Mm -hmm. different ways and identify with your culture in so many Mm -hmm. different experiences throughout Mm -hmm. your time yeah for sure so yeah what about you Paco I I feel the same way because I, I uh I was super, super lucky that when, the, ever since I was a baby, I can think of almost every year we would go to Mexico. Just about every year. To where? To Michoacan. <coughs> Both my parents are from the same town in, in Michoacan, and, and we would go every every year just about and stay there for two, three weeks, almost a month, whatever. And even though it was like one month or three weeks out of the year, in my head it was even. The time I spent here and the time I spent there. Because when I was there, I would get hit 
so hard with everything that was there and to me it was like the most beautiful place i never wanted to come back that sounds bad but it's just more i was in love with the place Mm -hmm. the people the way it looked the way it felt the way that everything everything was just completely different to me and even when i was little i would fake it that i was sick so i wouldn't have to come back or i would like hide or something like that i don't want to go back i want to stay here and and so because of that i think i was always able to not just not just say things but i could back it up i had experiences to say like oh yeah i've done that oh yeah i've been there oh yeah i know what you're talking about like that gave me like a lot of power because i felt part of, of something bigger than yeah it became part of you yeah. and then you also became a part of something yeah yeah and i think if i had just went like one year and then it's like when are you gonna go back i don't know maybe in like 10 years then i'd probably be like all right well that was that but because <clears throat> we went so much and i knew we were gonna go i was excited all year for it and always talked about it and so i always stayed in love with it the whole time um and then, and then being back here, I grew up in, in, in Oakland. I was born and raised in Oakland. I lived my whole life there. And I was surrounded by not just a lot of Mexican people, but all, ta- all cultures. I didn't know any, any difference of like, oh, that person's this, that person's that. We were just used to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I was lucky enough to, to not, just, not just be born in Oakland, but be raised up in the Fruitvale District. Of, mm-hmm. And that's like... Mexico. If mm-hmm. you have to chop up the city into different places, that one was, or Latin America, you should, mm-hmm. you could say. So, I was fed with with a whole bunch of stuff on both both ends because I would come back so pumped up about having been in Mexico. I wanted to find Mexico as close as I possibly could, where I was already at. So, which I think is even better that it was California as opposed to if I lived like in. You know, some other state in the Midwest or whatever. California is just so strong with already Mexican culture, Latin American culture, and all that stuff. So everything that had to do with it, I, I loved it. Everything from like she was saying, I'd be from lowriders to Aztecs to Dia de los Muertos to everything. Everything was a big deal to me. And Dia de los Muertos more than anything because my parents were from Michoacan, and it's a, a huge deal there, mm-hmm. more than most places. But but I was really lucky that I had, you know, um, that that going on. And then also when I was when I was home, I'd speak nothing but English at school, and all my friends. And then when I go home, it was nothing but Spanish. I don't even remember where I learned to read or write Spanish. I just did. So I never got. I always had a good amount of both, mm-hmm. a, a nice even distribution of both. I never thought twice about it. I was like, yeah, I'm Mexican. I love everything having to do with it. Always did. Yeah. I had a positive, yeah, Mexican experience too. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your businesses because both of you have your own, right? Yes. You're all both very creative. We are the modern day Frida and Diego. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) That's what I think in my mind. (laughs) Good. So then now everybody will think that too. (laughs) Yes. that's That's what we should be, except he doesn't have the big belly. And I'm not super skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so, um, Gloria and Paco, Paco and Gloria, a.k.a. Diego and Frida. <laughs> <laughs> 
what do you sell? What are your products or services and where? Where do you sell them? Do you want to go first? Oh, okay, I'll go first. So I am Siempre Viva and I make dolls. I make other Mexican-inspired crafts, but my passion is making dolls. And I, I should say I have two passions. I love making dolls and I love making costumes, but like my business is making dolls so costumes is just my side thing <laughs> my side hustle for my kid <laughs> i bet you could sell costumes though because the way that you sell but those... who is gonna make who, who who needs costumes on the regular right once a year okay okay let me tell you something <laughs> i had this conversation with her the other day and, and okay Co- okay <clears throat> let me tell you something on Halloween, I looked it up, the Halloween industry. Yeah. It is a $9 billion industry. I know, but... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Not like $9,000. No, like no. Not like $9 no. million, Like $9 billion for one freaking day yeah. of the whole year. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> and from... I... I I'm totally going to mess up the dates and the numbers or whatever, but let's say from like 2014 to 2017, it grew from like 4 million to 9 million. That's crazy. Give or take years and numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But seriously, like in the past like three, four or five years, it doubled. Well, my dream has always been to make costumes. I've like... uh, that okay, anybody dream. listening, put in the comments and tag Gloria. Yeah. Tell her you want to buy the costumes she makes yeah. because if she makes costumes anything close yeah. to how beautiful she makes her dolls, then everybody will want to buy them. Yeah. What you told me before, um, that you never thought anybody would want to buy your dolls. I never and now thought, they're like... Mm-mm. I never thought anybody would want to buy my dolls. And I was like... He knew, gonna, right? Yeah. You knew. Right. You knew, Pago. You I was knew. like, who's going to want to buy dolls? Like, you could Diego just go always to the knows. Store. <laughs> I thought you could just go to the store and buy a doll. Like, No. But it's different now that because I make them. Because stores don't sell the kind of dolls yeah. that you make. Yeah. You make them different shades of color. Yeah. You make them uh, wearing different type of clothes. Yes. That's relatable. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But... Making costumes was my dream when I was little. Like, I wanted to go to the Fashion Institute. But being a Mexican kid, like, that was really unobtainable unless I got a scholarship. And since I went to a private Catholic school that, you know, like, my parents really, really had a struggle to pay for me to go to, there was a whole bunch of other kids that were able to get all the scholarships. And I just couldn't make that happen. So I decided to do other stuff. But now I'm making my dolls, which is also my dream because I love to just create. So, okay, so what costumes did you make for your kids? <laughs> so I've always made costumes, like, for myself. I've, oh, okay. Yeah, like, even when I was, like, a, like younger, I would make my own costumes. Um, but, like, um, for Halloween, my daughter was an LOL doll. <laughs> what? You don't know what an LOL doll is? Oh my god, it's Good. the latest craze. Oh, thank god. I'm sure your <laughs> daughter knows what you it is. You don't know what that is. It's like a little doll. I'm sure my ball. kids. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that they are currently watching YouTube videos on this. But it's just like a cute little doll. 
that has like all these little cute outfits. Oh wait, I do know. But I get so there's the squishies and yes. the num nums and yes. the zoom zooms and the pla plas and yeah. blah blahs and yeah. oh my god. And yes. then they're like everywhere and then I step on them and mm-hmm. then they hurt the bottom of my feet and I just want to throw them out the window. Oh my yeah. god. And then you're like a support group for this because I need one. And then you're Let's like, Oh my god, I just spent I just spent twenty dollars on that doll, so I'm gonna pick it up and put it back inside its box and take care of it because they are expensive little dolls. But um, and then she needed like a class project outfit. They were like doing like around the world or something. And so um, she had to wear a costume. So I made like this Egyptian kind of costume for her. And it was so funny because when I picked her up from school, she was wearing this same exact costume as the teacher that the teacher bought online. It was exactly the same. Exactly the same. The same costume I had made was exactly the same. And she's like, did you buy that? like I made it she's like I cannot believe you made that it is exactly the same as my costume it's a lot I there's feel like a, a lot real of pressure. market for costumes but then once Halloween is over and done with there's also all these other things that people yeah. actually need it's a lot of pressure that they I would feel. pay money for hand-sewn handmade items yeah well maybe it'll be my side business my next business venture Costumes. I mean, because if you put, like, all these side businesses together, it could turn into one. One really big business, right? Yeah. I could become a millionaire. Well, well maybe. maybe a billionaire because... I'm waiting for that switch. I want to stay home and watch the novelas. And... You're like, okay, come on, keep solving. Let's go. Yeah, that looks good. Keep going so with it. Like, make a little sweatshop in the basement. <laughs> How old are your kids? Do they know how to sew? No. <laughs> I was thinking I should teach them. <laughs> you could teach sewing classes to little kids. That would be really hard. I used to teach preschool before I started, before I became stay-at-home mom. That was my job. I was a preschool teacher for 10 years. Mm. So, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, fine. I'll stop trying to convince you. <laughs> she doesn't have the patience. No, I don't. But, okay, so we, um, where, where do you sell them? I sell on Instagram mostly. Um, I do have a website, but the way my dolls are, um, like the way I've structured making my dolls, I only make limited amount of each doll, so I don't. It doesn't really make sense for me to upload my dolls to my website because they're individually made and each one is special and unique. Um, so do you mostly get custom orders or you mostly just make a certain amount and I make then a they certain, sell and yeah. then you make? Okay. I make a certain amount and make the like the post like, oh, I have five of these, I have ten of these. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want it, send me a message and we go from there. Um, What's and then, a, your favorite one that um, you ever made? My favorite, favorite doll is my Adelita doll, Hmm. but it is my least favorite doll to make. So it is my favorite doll to look at, and like one of my proudest, like, oh, I can't believe I made that doll, it's so cute, but it is my least favorite doll to make, because it's really detailed, it has like so many hours of sewing, and a lot of hand embroidering, so it's a lot of work. Hmm. What are the other things that you sell? Um, I do make other crafts and stuff like 
purses and um, tablet cases and mini dolls. But I really want to like focus more on my doll making. So I'm trying to, like, phase out all the other stuff um, Mm -hmm. and just focus on my dolls. Mm -hmm. And Halloween costumes. And costumes on the side. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Bungle? What's your business, businesses? What do you sell? What do you do? I've always just seen myself as an artist, and that's always... That's a general on purpose because if it, if it means expressing yourself, then it's, you know, a musician's an artist, a hairdresser's an artist, but it just, it depends on, on what medium you use and what you choose to do, you know, just like she's an artist with, with the dolls. Mm-hmm. So I've just always been that and never thought any different from as far back as I can remember. Like. Mm-hmm experiences are different life's different but the same mentality i still have i feel like i still have the same one than when i was four or five and all that stuff Mm -hmm. then from there it just depends what am i doing am i am i painting on a canvas am i painting on a wall am i tattooing someone am i you know where is that art happening so that that that's that's what i love i just love being an artist from from there so many cool things can happen. So many uh, ways of expressing yourself can be can be made from just that that one thing. Um, so I try not to like say like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I just do it, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of ends up like, oh, that turned into a watercolor. That turned into an oil painting. That design went on a person's skin. Mm-hmm. So it, that's my main my main thing. So do you ever create things? Okay, well, when you tattoo, people ask you and tell you what they want, but <clears throat> yeah, for the most part, yeah, a little different. But for the most part, when you do painting and do you do drawings as well, you draw or is it mostly paint everything? Oh yeah, everything. Yeah. So you don't think about your your artist first, and then your business owner after because then you're like okay how could i monetize this what mm. could i do right so how yeah. does that tell us a little bit about that process like how does that work and i and i try to stick with that you know i i've, I've literally had a bunch of people including my wife call me out on things over 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 time of like you should be doing this you should do that why did you decide to do this why did you do that because i think i go i go really big time with with what I feel, like what my heart says to do, than than like a business sense. I can that's, have it. I can really do that. That's really good, and that's really important because then, I think that's something that most people do not know how to do is to connect with themselves and follow what their <clears throat> and follow what their heart is telling them right. to do. Yeah, I, I I don't. I think if you're if you're saying, okay, I want to start making. Using my wife as an example, I want to start making dolls. Okay, um, let me get online real quick. And then you start Googling, Pinteresting, doing all this stuff, trying to see, okay, what, what do people like right now? What's the thing? What's the trend? What's the whatever? Okay, that's what, okay, I'm going to go do that and make all those. Okay, you already messed up because now there's no heart in it. You're, you're, you're a production line. The doll's coming on a, on a, on a conveyor belt. You're mm-hmm. stamping your name on each one. And then selling it to people as a 
this comes from me. Like, no, it it, it doesn't. Hmm. And I don't even mean it in a way of like, you're going to fail. It's just that people are going to see that. Maybe it'll take a month. Maybe it'll take three years. But people see that. People are looking for something. And and if they don't feel that, they're just going to walk away because they're, you know, it's just not there. Yeah, people want to feel connection to things, to people, to things, to businesses. And things need to be relatable. Exactly. Relatable. It has to... It has to fall by chance. It has to be like, well, I painted this because I wanted to. And then someone's going to be like, oh, my God, that reminds me of my mom's town in Mexico, that this and that. I I, I ended up telling a whole story relating to that person. And I've never met that person before. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing. Yeah. All because you stayed true to yourself and what you would love. You know, if anything, if I do cater to someone, it's always my family. It's always... Will my mom love this? Will my dad love this? Will my kids love this? Oh, okay. That's what I try to go, like, to aim for as far as, like, a target audience or stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the painting, tattooing, whatever. If I know it's something that, that, I, that my mom's going to love, I'm like... If I, if I know it's something that they're going to love, I go even harder on it. Because that's where the payoff is. Because as yeah. long as they're happy, they're proud, they're all whatever, everyone else hopefully will fall in, into, into place. You know, everyone else will appreciate it as much as I do. But you have to have a core reason to do everything you do or else you're, it's, it's not, things aren't going to grow the way you want them to. Yeah. You know? For sure. So, okay. So both of you have very, very, you're both creatives. But you've been able to monetize your creativity, and that's why I I call you business owners, even though you may not, but but you are. <laughs> because at the end of the day, everybody needs to get paid, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And at what at what point did you decide? Okay, I'm I'm gonna do this as a business for both of you, like. You know, because when you're creative, when you're a creative, you don't really think about, okay, I'm doing this to start a business, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to monetize it now? Like, I think the, 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 for all the other stuff I was doing, as far as like painting and, and all that, I just, I was always doing that. And if someone would ask for something, then I'd do it for them or whatever, but my main source, I would say, of income or what I do professionally is a tattoo artist that I've been doing that for the past, what, 10 years? Some, some, like 10 so, years, yeah. Uh, professionally, at least, like in, in an actual shop environment. That choice I made after having, I don't know how long of, of a waking up super early in the morning to go to my like warehouse job till like... He's three. had every single job you can imagine. Every single job. I, I always... Just since, uh, all these unfulfilling jobs. Ever yeah. since my first job, I can remember, I never spent more than six months, maybe a year at something yeah. because... Because you knew it wasn't for you. Something was yeah. never right. And I always have this... It can get you into trouble sometimes. It has, but I've been grateful for all those lessons too. Uh, I've always... No matter what, I have to go with what I feel. And I have to trust in that 
that's happening for a reason because if it's that strong it's something and you have to go with that but yeah. it's super super scary that's Even, really great that you've been able to follow yourself and your heart for as long as you have because it's very difficult for people to do that it was super hard we he started tattooing when we had been married for like three months mm-hmm. we had just gotten married we've been married 10 years um almost 11 so he decided well we like talked it over and he had like normal a really well-paying job like really good benefits for himself and for me and um it was like the kind of job that you retire from Uh like you make that your career and it was just so unfulfilling for him that it was like if he stayed there it was either gonna ruin it was gonna ruin him and it was gonna like ruin our marriage you know to stay in that so he just we decided like just do it and I had a regular job I was working full-time as well so we were able to make that choice wouldn't have kids and he just kind of like woke up one day and was like okay today's the day I'm gonna quit and he quit (laughs) and I was like oh shit he quit (laughs) (laughs) no funny enough I was we were we were in Mexico at the time did you feel free you just like got up one day quit your job and you're just like ah you know even even now if you look up let's say on Instagram you follow like uh, business pages and stuff like that and people who talk and people who like you know motivate and all that stuff they, they always tell you about what's on the other side of fear you know yeah the the people who fly out of plane uh, jump out of planes you know they're like all of them are scared all of them are freaked out that professional and then the one that's their first time jumping they're both equally scared it's just that this one over here knows or hopes what's gonna be at the other end of that jump and is like I'm, my, I'm probably more scared than you, but I'm going to do it because I have to find out. Because mm-hmm. something has driven me all the way to driving to this place, signing up for this thing, getting on this plane, going the way up. Something's pushed me to that point, and I have to see what's on the other side. If you fail, you fail. But I would want to know rather than like being, you know, 100 years old and going, man. Because at that point, it's just, that's just sadness. That's just like the worst thing anyone could possibly do. So, I was already kind of like feeling that, but then we were in Mexico, like I said, and so now I'm not only feeling that, but I'm like surrounded by this thing. I'm like in this whole other planet almost, and 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 that I, I'm like at my happiest. So I'm like, okay, this is life. This is like how I really want to live. You know what? Let's go in here real quick. And we were walking down the street, the main street of my parents' town, and and there was a. Uh, cyber cafe right there, you know, and, and we had to go in the, and, and log in to El Ciber. Yep. And I went in there and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hold on. And I, and I emailed the place and I was like, I'm not coming back. I'm, I'm done. And I'm, I'm going to be here for another what week or two or whatever. I'm done. And when I go back home, I'm tattooing full time. That's, that's what I'm, and I'm going to make it happen. And I was just like driven, but super freaked out and scared at the same time more scared than anything because now it's like like i said she she and had that's a job exactly and how stuff, i feel too right now it yeah. was the scariest thing because i i was like he helps me pay the bills he helps me pay the rent 
what are we gonna do? But the but the good thing was that we didn't have kids. It was just us two. It was like, I mean, ten years ago, rent was like seven fifty. <laughs> And he helped me pay half. (laughs) I was stressing about that. Can you believe that? (laughs) I'll rent you my balcony for seven fifty. Just kidding. I was already looking at it with a view. It was like I look back at that and I'm like, oh my god, what was I thinking? Why was I stressing out? I mean, he always has been like so personable that he always would get like amazing jobs, like. He had really good jobs, so it wasn't. It was scary, but it was more scary of like, what's gonna happen next. You know, I we always hear these things like, oh, be fearless, trust the process. Oh my god, be true to yourself, <laughs> follow your heart. We always hear these things, right? Like even even little kids, right? Mm-hmm. As little kids, you hear them, but not until you actually really embrace it mm-hmm. that you actually really understand what that means like how many times have you heard follow your heart and how yeah. many times have you actually or do people actually really do it or mm-hmm. understand how doing that will change their lives i mean yeah that that was like wow that really changed our lives like when we when he did that and and i was super like yeah you should do it you should do it and then inside it was <laughs> he should not do it. <laughs> but it was really the it's like best you want to take the leap, yeah. but then you want to be safe. Yeah, you want to take yeah. the leap, yeah. but then you yeah. have no idea what's gonna happen on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And you know, no such thing. You can't you, have both. Do you know um, Michelle Poller? She it, she started this uh, campaign called Hello Fears. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 But she has a website. It's called Hello Fears. Yes. And a few months ago, there was this conference in LA called uh-huh. We All Grow Latina ah, Conference. I still want to go. I, I did you go? No, I didn't go. But I follow so many people on Instagram that did go that yeah. were able to go. That like sometimes I would just watch their Instagram lives and I was so grateful. Every time someone was on Instagram live, I'm like, thank you so much for putting on Instagram. <laughs> I could you see know, it. I had tickets so, to it and I sold it. Oh, I had a ticket so and it, I sold it. For whatever reason, you weren't supposed to be there. No, but, I know. But, um, but uh, I saw her, someone put the Instagram live and I saw her speech. And like one thing that she said was, what's the best that could happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like seriously, what I did like at that moment, I I don't really call myself artsy or creative or whatever. I got a piece of paper and and this box of crayons or markers or whatever, and I literally like I wrote it down in like all these different colors and I put flowers on it and I'm just like, and then it's like in my room on my desk and I see it. <clears throat> it's like your motivation. I see it. It's like what's the best that could happen, and. I'm still scared. <laughs> and so, but, but that's her whole thing is like, hello, fears. Like, no matter what, we're still scared, but we have to do it anyway mm-hmm. with yeah. fear and do whatever it is we want and then think about what's the best thing that could happen because yeah. we always think about what's the worst thing that could happen. And that's what's stopping us. The fear doesn't stop us. Mm-hmm. Because even when you do it, you're still afraid, right? So it's not the fear that stops us. Mm-hmm. It's the 
not thinking about, not trusting ourselves, mm-hmm. that stops us. I think. I mean, that's that's how I interpret it. Yeah. So. And it's it's stressful because when you don't do it, you you don't just sit there and go like, "Man, I didn't do that. I should have." And when that's already bad enough, because you can't go back, you can't rewind time, and you can go back to the moment where whatever. But worse than that, you're actually sitting there trying to think of why you did it. You're trying to actually analyze it. All right, why didn't I do that? Okay, is it is that I'm this? Am I this? Like sometimes you go all the way back to even your childhood and trying to figure out. Did someone tell me something? Did you're trying to figure out every little reason as to why this happened? And it's not just because that happened. It's because it's happened before. Yeah. And worse, you're afraid it's going to happen again. You're afraid that if you don't jump at some point, it's just this is just going to be it. And the reason people get sad is because you kind of like see your future already. You're like, I'm bummed out. I'm, I'm upset. Why? Because I already see myself at 40. I already see myself at 50, at 60, at 70. As a result of this this attitude, this fear, this whatever that I keep giving into and it sucks. Depressing more than more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and and I have no idea how you two do it, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it wasn't easy, but it also wasn't as difficult as you thought it was. Maybe? I don't know. You I'm know just what? assume I'm just assuming but no, you're right. And the reason why is because it only requires one thing. Be yourself and then go 110% with that. Because there's yeah. there's no training. There's no like, no one's going to teach you how to be you. You've been you forever and you've been practicing every single day. You have everything you need already. But what yeah. happens is you listen to people. You listen to things. You stay on the safe zone. You stay, yeah. you know, all that stuff affects you i always tell yeah i tell people sometimes the the worst combination to me in life in general is these two people meeting the person who says i want to do this and the person over here who says that's stupid you'll never make it those people meet and when they listen to each other it starts this cycle of like okay we just missed out on the next this the next this person the next person they're gone because this person doesn't think, why did that person say don't do that? It's stupid. They never go, is it because they really want to do that and they're jealous? Is it because someone, they wanted to do that and someone told them not to, so they lost their dream and they kind of want everyone else to suffer? Is it because, you know, there's all these reasons and then this person's telling this person because that, that, that saying, oh, I want to do this, he's putting him down because he wishes he was in that spot or, or whatever. When in reality, they could help each other out fix yeah. each other's little problems and turn into something something big and and that's the worst thing that can happen we t- we take someone's oh i've been thinking about this for the longest i don't know why but i want to make a company of this i want to build this and this and this why it's going to be hard you, yeah. what about the you have to pay bills you have to do this you have to do that it's that's hard stupid. to live Who's life anyway <laughs> exactly, I mean, it's, exactly. A, it's hard to be an adult to be yeah. a parent i mean it's hard i mean it's not easy to get up and go to work mm-hmm. and be miserable to a job you don't want to go to that's hard too mm-hmm. i think that's for us too, right? like, like i think for us like the reason why it was a little bit easier was because like 
like I said, I still worked and he his job was now to be like 110% into this because he made the choice. I, and we talked about it before. Like if you're going to do this, like there's no half-assing this. You're going to go and you're going to do it like 110%. You're going to be at work at 12 and you're going to come home at 2 in the morning. And he did just that. Like he would tattoo. Like he would go to that shop, which was like... It was a starter shop. It was really like there wasn't a lot of business there, but he would make it happen. And he was there from like 12 until 2 in the morning, you know, trying to do as much as he can to work on his tattooing, work on his art. And and he because he was confident that I had a regular job. Like I was there to back him up not only like you know helping with the bills because it's not it wasn't like he wasn't making money he was it was just not guaranteed that was the scary part he was making money and he was making more money than he would have been making at his regular job it just was never guaranteed like we could never say like this in two weeks he's gonna get a paycheck so that was the scary part. Not that there wasn't funds. It's just it was never guaranteed, which yeah. it still isn't guaranteed. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I think that the reason it wasn't as hard as somebody doing it by themselves was because he had, we had each other to, yeah. like, help a each other. System. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Support system, a cheerleader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.